0: Time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with Registered Financial Consultant Glenn Maseller. Thanks for joining us on another Retirement Roadmap Podcast. This is the show for you if you're looking for some financial and retirement planning guidance in uh, bite-sized, easy to consume. Portions, if you will. This is the show that's going to help you learn a little bit more about what's going on in your own financial plan, how it relates to what's happening in the greater financial world, and what to do about any problems that arise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller. He's the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. Find us online at GreensboroRetirement.com. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about five simple retirement questions That are actually a little bit hard to answer so some interesting things to discuss on this week's show glenn is you know some of retirement planning's most important questions do have that you know simple appeal at first you know you can ask these kinds of questions as you'll find out here in a few moments in just four or five words uh gives the impression that they're a simple yes or no question but it's a little tricky because these questions can become overwhelming to actually put an answer to. So I want to cover some of the important retirement questions that are harder to answer than we might think. And Glenn, you might disagree with me on some of these things. Maybe these are simple to begin with or to get answers to. So I'm looking forward to your responses here. One that I would imagine is very popular when people come in to meet with you and you get into the discussion is, you know, a simple question of when should you take social security? Sounds like a simple answer should you know apply to such a simple question, but is it a little bit harder to answer than that?
1: Well, typically it is, Walter. I mean, there are times when it's really easy, and there's but more often than not, there needs to be a, a bit more strategy to it. The other thing that kind of comes into play in terms of the strategy is that there are times when folks don't realize that they have some other strategies where they might be able to... to uh, you know, as a household, you know, start taking a certain, you know, maybe a spousal benefit and then may be able to switch over, you know, to their own benefit later on and, you know, and ultimately have, you know, significantly more money. Um, Some of those laws have changed, you know, in the recent years, you know, and some of those strategies have, but there are still some things that are still available for some folks, depending upon when they were born. There's some things that were completely, you know, taken out of the mix, but there are some that are in the process of being phased out. And sometimes folks don't realize what options they have. And so certainly that plays into it. But another thing that plays into Social Security is the quirky nature of it in the tax code, because it's not automatically subject to taxation. Social Security is a little different than everything else in that your Social Security income becomes subject to taxation based on how much other income you've got. So when we start looking at, well, when and how to start taking your Social Security, it's not an isolated conversation to only Social Security, you know, strategies. It has to do with, well, what other resources do you have? You know, how much have you saved? How long are you planning to work? Is your spouse still working? And all of those things play into it and it becomes a little bit more involved and it's not necessarily the most simple thing. In other cases, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You know, folks have, you know, just a, there's a couple things that are there and there's not a whole lot of other claiming options and it's a shorter conversation. But the key is that you want to explore it first because what you thought to be true might not turn out to be true. And you might you might say, oh, gosh, I didn't know that. And of course, there's always the challenge of things that are in your blind spots or, you know, there's things that you just don't know that you don't know. And when you discover certain things and they become part of your knowledge base, then it's like, well, of course, this is I'd make this decision. But if you don't know that, then you wouldn't even have any ideas to that you had an option.
0: Good points to there, Glenn. And so Social Security, as you can see, gets more layered in nuance as you go through trying to answer that question. Something else where we see that also occur is when it comes to diversification. So a simple question like, you know, how do I design a truly diversified portfolio it's quick to ask, a little bit longer to answer though.
1: It is, Walter. And you know, for a lot of folks in retirement, they have a certain, you know, thoughts about what they understand to be diversified. And, you know, for a lot of folks, it might be, you know, asset class. It might be, um, you know, in terms of, you know, it's like, do you have fixed income? Do you have, you know, stocks, you know, this kind of fund or that kind of fund? You know, what is the mix of these funds? You know, but there's more to it than that, especially when you get into retirement, because we started thinking in terms of, well, you know, there's diversification in terms of when and how are you going to take your income? You know, in terms of timeframes, you know, you might have a what we would consider a now bucket of, hey, this is money that I need now or over the next six months to a year. Then there's a soon bucket where, you know, we start thinking about, well, these are funds that I need to access over the next maybe five to 10 years. And then there's the later bucket where, you know, hey, there's other money out there that that I don't need to touch for a long time and I'm going to position that differently. That's a whole different, you know, diversification strategy than when you're saving for retirement. Because when you're saving for a retirement, you're not really, you know, thinking in terms of taking money out and how is it going to apply to your income planning. When we start, you know, moving to retirement it's a very, very big piece, you know, and for most people, it's the most significant pieces to when and how am I going to take income? When am I going to draw from this resource? And when am I going to, you know, take from that resource? You know, like you say, it's a little bit more strategy to it, more nuanced, you know, diversification comes into time frames. It also comes into the taxable nature of your different resources. Some folks have an awful lot of tax deferred money. Some folks have, you know, maybe taxable accounts where they've got just regular brokerage accounts, or, you know, maybe they've got some money An annuity that they put that money in. It was after they've already paid their taxes and then they put it in over there. There's also, you know, the tax advantaged or tax-free, you know, with Roth and, and those kinds of planning. And different folks have different resources. And sometimes we want to diversify and rearrange how those assets are positioned and possibly do some conversions and different things in order to make that money stretch out longer. So there's other diversification pieces of the puzzle. That come into play that you really never thought of, you know, in your accumulation years. But when you get to preservation and distribution, there's other elements that are not just thinking in terms of asset class or how am I going to position my money in terms of the whether it's going to be in the market or if it's going to be in the bond market or if it's going to be in the stock market or whatnot. It might be totally different. Like I say, you know, timeframes and the taxable nature of things become a whole different diversification outlook when you're in retirement or when you're transitioning into retirement that you have never really thought of before.
0: It's a really good point, Glenn. And so maybe if we try to peel things back a little bit, we can simplify these answers. So certainly, trying to design a diversified portfolio has a few more layers to it dealing with all sorts of different accounts and what do you invest in inside of each account and how does that fit in with your expenses and income well let's just go back to the savings stage and say that we're just dealing with a 401k what funds should i pick in my 401k have we finally made an easy question easy to answer (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it depends, Walter. I mean, I, I always, you know, hesitate to say that it's an easy decision. I mean, you know, it's significantly easier maybe if you're in your, you know, your 20s or your early 30s or things like that. And, the, you know, the key there is, is just really start saving, right? But you know as you move forward along the line, you know, it's just like, well, how much should you save and how much should you save in this particular type of an investment versus another type of an investment. You know, the 401Ks, you know, a lot of folks start thinking in terms of, well, I want to definitely get my, you know, I want to get the matching money. But what about beyond the matching money? Should I continue to fully fund that 401K beyond the match? There's different opinions about that and it's really really depends upon your particular situation. We also get into whether you should use the Roth 401k options if your place of employment allows that or not there's a variety of things i mean be, yes picking the particular investment vehicles is important and a lot of that'll depend upon your you know your age and your risk tolerance and your ability to follow a plan and stick with it but there becomes other elements to it as well in in terms of how do you want to be positioned as you arrive at retirement and of course the older you get you know you get into your you know your 40s and 50s you know, you start thinking more about how are things going to be positioned for taxes. How are things going to be positioned? Um, you know, in terms of how much risk do I really want to take? Are my um, new contributions going to be allocated differently than my existing money? you know, because when you have your existing money, that's your nest egg. And, you know, for that to, you know, have a variable nature obviously is not necessarily, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. Everybody wants the bigger part of their nest egg to grow and they want that volatility to the upside. But obviously, you know, if it turns to the downside, that becomes more challenging. And certainly, you know, whenever you have the ability to have your new contributions go in and buy, buy more shares at lower prices and get the dollar cost average when the market's turned down, that's a really good thing. But you have to ask yourself the question, you know, are your existing funds that you've already saved you know should they have that same element of risk to them as your new contributions and that might shift a little bit along the way in terms of you know where you are in life and you know how old you are how close are you to retirement what about your spouse are they closer to retirement than you are or, or vice versa there's a whole lot of elements to consider and you know again sometimes it's simple and sometimes it's not but I always uh, caution folks to just, uh, you know, be careful. You know, you don't want to necessarily just, you know, look for simple. I mean, we do want things to be as simple as they can be, but we don't want to overlook things that are important that we need to pay attention to as well.
0: All right, Glenn, we've got to throw the folks a bone here with at least one easy question to answer. So since we're on the subject of 401ks, how about, you know, how to do a 401k rollover? That's got to be relatively simple, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking in terms of, you know, uh, hey, I've got these funds in my 401k, you know, can I roll them over? It's a good idea to think about that or at least entertain, the, you know, as to what you know, the pros and the cons of it. A lot of it's really going to depend, Walter, in terms of, you know, is it a 401k from a previous job or are you separating service to go to another job and you've got these funds there? that tends to be an easier conversation, an easier thought about it. It's like, yeah, I want to take control of those. Let's roll those things over. You know, at the same time, you might be – let's say you're you're working at your current position and you've gotten to – gotten to that age of 59 and a half and that's when you can potentially start to you know take money out without any penalties you know a lot of 401ks will allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover an in-service distribution and that becomes a scenario that you might want to entertain because you might have other options that you could start positioning your money to you know when you're still at work but you're wanting to start you know getting ready for retirement and kind of get a head start on it so there's a lot there one of the key things that you know no matter what you do I always suggest if you're going to do a rollover you know really look to do a direct rollover where you're going from institution to institution you know make sure that you don't cross any of those lines in terms of taxation and is have an unpleasant surprise of, oh goodness, they took out taxes. Now what? You know, would you know, did I ruin my account? You know, now is it totally out? You know, and if we start thinking about that, people get nervous about it. But if you're moving it directly from institution A to institution B, you now if all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, that becomes a non-taxable event and you're really just moving things from your right pocket to your left pocket. And that can be a very simple thing to do. Again, just making sure that you're working with folks that are competent and know what they're doing and getting all those I's dotted and T's crossed. But at some point, just about everybody's going to do a rollover of their 401k funds. It's just a question of how often are you going to do it? You might have a, a couple of different jobs and a couple of different 401ks and that nature. But it's a scenario where virtually everybody's going to do it at some point. And so you want to understand how that works and what your options are along the way sounds like that
0: one does have some nuances to it but for the most part it, it can easily be done once you decide what you want to do so well yes we'll call that one yes. half half true half easy or half simple question, half simple answer with maybe a couple of caveats thrown in there. Um, well, there, there,
1: There's always caveats. And because it just it always. just is, it's the nature of things, you know, yeah. there's, there's no such thing as a one size fits all. And you always want to be, you know, evaluating all, you know, all of the nuances, because in those nuances, there's sometimes uh, opportunity. And there's sometimes things that you want to definitely try to avoid that are perils that you didn't know about. And you want to make sure that you explore it and understand it before you take any actions.
0: One last simple question that may have a harder answer is addressing the cost of a nursing home stay and how to do that within a financial plan.
1: No doubt about it, Walter. I mean, that's one of the big risks in retirement. The cost of nursing home and that kind of care, the inflation rate on that is dramatically higher, or at least historically has been dramatically higher than normal inflation. And so I always think in terms of when we're sitting down with folks and we're talking about, you know, nursing, you know, planning or, you know, for that or hedging that risk, what do we do and and how do we think about that? And the major way to think about that is when you're hedging that risk of long term care costs, you know, you're thinking in terms of I'm looking at asset protection insurance. Right. You're wanting to make sure that you protect certain things for your for the people you care about and your family members and your spouse. So that, you know, you're, you're not taking undue risk of possibly transferring an enormous amount of your nest egg over to the nursing home, you know, just because there wasn't you know, planning involved. You know, you want to make sure you understand what options are there. And there's a variety of options in today's, uh, you know, marketplace. There's traditional uh, long-term care insurance. Which for some people might be a good fit. There's also different hybrid types of policies that come into play. Maybe a life insurance type of policy or an annuity policy that has long-term care benefits. There's all kinds of things, and you really want to understand what your options are, so you can know what you're saying yes or no to. Then you can feel confident that you've done the homework and you're taking care of all of the pieces of that puzzle and making sure that you you know you have a true roadmap to take you through your retirement years and then also building your legacy. You know to you know how you want to pass things on and what you want to leave behind.
0: So many layers to consider, as always. And I think it's just good to have these kinds of reminders that even though there's a simple question, it's worth digging deeper to get the true answer to these things. And it's OK that it's not simple all the way through. Now, we're going to try and make it simple as you go through the planning process. That's Glenn's job. Make it easy to understand. Make it so that you don't get overwhelmed. The important thing to recognize here is that you know as you're approaching it, maybe on your own from the outset, and you're first starting to think about it yourself, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? When should I take Social Security? Realize that the answer may not be as simple as just a quick Google search. Come in, have a conversation. Let Glenn kind of uncover some of those nuances and particularities of your plan, your situation, and find the right answers for you. That's what it's all about, getting customized guidance. So important to do that. Glenn can help you if you want to give a call and set up a time to chat about your plan. You can do that by dialing 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or you can find him online at com. That's com look at the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. That's what you can click to schedule your time to meet. Glenn, thanks for the help as always on today's show. We'll have another good conversation scheduled next time around.
1: Fantastic, Walter. Look forward to it.
0: All right. That's Glenn Mosseller. and Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon on the Retirement Roadmap.